0: Everybody, welcome to the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March, and we are very excited. Today is uh, exciting day. It's Christmas shopping day. <laughs> this it's is the weekend day.
1: This is the weekend. You have to tie it all together, people. Here's what has happened,
0: and I think it's fair to use this opportunity to explain a little bit about my childhood. So, my mom <laughs> was kind of a hoarder, and there's like stage one to five. I'd say she was like a oh. A one, maybe a two. My mom didn't buy stuff for us like throughout the year. Like we had school, back to school shopping where you got clothes. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't get like, she wouldn't go to the store and pick us up something. We just, we didn't get gifts. We got them all at Christmas. But my mom was like a huge Christmas shopper. She loved the holiday. We would get like 35 gifts a piece.
1: That's too much.
0: And she would all year long be buying gifts and storing them in the this big closet. Yeah. And you couldn't go in the closet because you'd always see presents. And when we were really terrible little children, we would go scrounging through the closet and try to figure out what gifts were for whom. So over the years, you know, it got no less, honestly. When we were adults, my husband came to our Christmas for the first time and he got like 22 gifts. He had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And he didn't even, he was like, I got stuff I didn't even want. Like, I just got stuff just for the sake of stuff.
1: Yep. But. I feel very weird about that.
0: This year I'm so proud because I started shopping so early. I was really organized. But every time I go out now, I see stuff for people and I keep buying stuff and I've lost track of what I've bought. And I just have a closet full of bags and stuff that's like literally falling out. I can't even find barely my clothes. Yeah. And my friends came over yesterday for the cookie exchange, and one of them was like, what? Look at... What is all this? Like, you really go all out. I have bought so much stuff, I don't even know. Like, I have to go through it all. That's what I'm doing today. Okay. Putting it into piles and trying to get organized.
1: Let me just say, you might consider donating some stuff. Well, and I also bought some stuff out for the fear
0: purpose... Soap. So, so. I bought, like, baby dolls and stuff for... Because I always do donate toys. Yeah. So I have some of that. And then I can just, like, put stuff away for next year or, but yeah, I feel like I've tipped over. I think over. you
1: can do that. I think you can absolutely donate some stuff if you feel like, I think there's something valuable in the the generosity that you feel towards people that's really what what it is. It's yes. You're feeling generous and you want people to be happy and everything else but knowing that that maybe not doesn't necessarily bring the happiness that you are feeling take that desire to give and give it to people who don't get yes. 35 gifts because
0: it doesn't always come in a package, no. right? Right.
1: There you go. That's your that's your uh, Cindy Lou Who. It <laughs> doesn't always come, come in a package. In packets and bows and buttons.
0: Anyway. When we are at the beginning of the hour of top two, in hour two is where we tell you about our favorite things. So here we go.
1: Give him the give him one one two. one, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents. Top two, top two. The top two.
2: Pick your best two.
1: In hour two.
2: All right, give me two with Winning.
0: All right, Steph, do you want to start us off with your top two?
1: Um, I will tell you that I'm just, it's not even a food top two because I'm just going to tell you, go see Star Wars. I mean, I'm sure you're going to go see it, but I'm just saying it's so good. And I won't give you any spoilers because I hate it when people say that. But if you are a total Star Wars geek fan, you're going to love it. If you're kind of an okay Star Wars fan, it's got so much to give. It's really, really good. I, I totally right. jailbroke Jake out of school and we went and saw it before cookie party. Yesterday. Can I
0: just say my sister has done that where she's gone to like the first screening in the morning and allowed the kids to skip school. For, yeah.
1: I love that. You got to jailbreak them every once in a while. I just like
0: once in a while do something that your kids don't expect. Right. That's like against the rules and kind of weird.
1: Well, especially if they are working really hard for other things. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. your grades are great, I will absolutely give you the props. Yeah. It's just it's one day. It's yeah. fine. So Star Wars, go see it. Uh, okay. first one?
0: So my first one is actually an ode to you, my friend. Oh, good. (laughs) I am a subscriber to Minneapolis St. Paul magazine. And on Thursday, I believe, I opened my mailbox and there was my issue made in the north. There's a very cute baby on it. It's an article that highlights uh, makers and makers in the scene. And if you don't know, I also do a podcast um, that's on podcast one called Makers of Minnesota. So I talk to a lot of these makers and get their stories and hear about them. And I thought you had nominees and then you had winners in different categories. And I just thought the issue was thoughtful. I liked who you picked. Um, Pretty good array.
1: Yeah, I thought so. And different amount of, you know, people and things. I thought it was great, too. Um, there was like all the stunt puppy, which makes uh specific dog
0: leashes for yeah. running and uh-huh. uh, is locally made salad girl salad dressing, which obviously Pam
1: Powell. We love her. Yep. Johnny Scrapes, JW yep.
0: Hume, who I'm a big fan of their company, BET Vodka, Bakersfield flour and bread. Yes. And Shepherd's Way Farms and the Twisted Shrub. It was just, it was super cute. I liked it. Good. Yay. So that's one of my top two in R2s. Pick up that issue, get familiar with some local makers.
1: Yes. I love that. Okay. So my next uh, top thing is there's, it's kind of a two sided thing. First of all, um, there's a really great piece. You know, this week was kind of a rough week with Mario Batali. You know, in the food world, it became this whole thing of, Uh, What was happening with Mario Batali and how he's sort of this gross human, you know, which was one of those, again, open secrets in the food scene. I mean, I'd always heard of him as being, uh, you know, sort of a drunken lech, but I had no idea that it had the stories that have come out that it has gone this far. And of course, his one of his business, you know, associates, Ken Friedman, who owns the Spotted Pig. April Bloomfield's partner in, you know, in business also was uh, revealed to be sort of a disgusting and gross human in many bigger ways. Um, Sort of it's it's again, it's that sobering view of the restaurant industry, which is counterculture. You know what I mean? Which is already not your average cubicle industry. So it's going to have, you know, ups and downs and weirdnesses and, and, you know, things that are not normal. But this is beyond. And so I was a little bit I was a little bit as a as a writer, I've been sort of thinking about these things and wondering how do you deal with them? Because we're working on our uh, our MSP 50, you know, our top 50 restaurants. And there's things that you want to consider. And I just wanted to say that Julia Kramer from Bon Appetit, she wrote this really great article. And this is one of my t- this is my top two. It's called Dear Male Chefs, Talk Less. And it says, in a world consistently asking women to talk more, to work harder, and to be heard, where is the movement for men to simply listen? And it's just a really interesting take from someone who is reporting on all this stuff as well.
0: It's kind of funny because we've talked a lot about this at home. Like, can you separate, like Woody Allen, for instance, can right. you separate the horrible creep that he is from his wonderful movies? From the work. Can you separate the allegations that we've all heard about Michael Jackson with his just prolific, wonderful music career, it gets really hard. And same with these chefs. Like, can you separate their just egregious behavior with their brilliance of some of the cookbooks and the, and the institutions they've built? Yeah. It's just going to come to pass more because Harvey Weinstein, he's a complete creep. He's assaulted 90 women. Can we, Still enjoy his movies. Can we look at Shakespeare in Love and know that he was groping Gwyneth Paltrow and trying to get in her pants the entire time and see the movie in the same way?
1: Well, and it's harder too when you have people when it's 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 not as clear cut. You know what I mean? Because that is like, why wouldn't you appreciate Gwyneth Paltrow's performance? You know, instead of seeing it with the dark cloud of that and then that to me, the same thing with Mario Batali is like these restaurants are full of hardworking individuals, and I yes. for me, I don't feel it's right to shut down like Babo. Because he's a disgusting human, you know, and there's a whole other thing where there's a beautiful amount of people who are working creatively towards something. And I, I respect the structure versus I don't want him to make like any more like I'm not buying orange Crocs for sure. But but. What I'm interested, but I wanted to flip it around for one thing, was that I wanted to bring out that during all this time we get so entrenched in the ugh of it all. I wanted to shout out to Chef Josh Brown, who is, uh, he's, he used to be at the 2021, or at um, D'Amico at mm-hmm. the Walker. Yep. And now he's working for D'Amico Catering. He saved a woman's life the other day. I heard this. Did you? Yeah. He, uh, he was walking down the street, and there was a woman who was collapsed, and he... He is, you know, basically saved her life through chest, chest compressions, compressions until the paramedics got there. And he said that he was just that was just what you do. He's like he went into that's right, you know, save mode. And then he went out and he bought one hundred dollars worth of gifts to donate to Toys for Tots. And he bought flowers for the woman who was like on the cell phone with him. I mean, there are great humans in the world. Yes, there are. And I just wanted to point that out.
0: And I'll quickly wrap that up with my second pick, which is Chris Montana and his wife Chanel at Denord Spirits. Yeah. I had the opportunity to interview them and buy their I bought their Fitzgerald gin yesterday for a local gift for someone, yep, beautiful gin, very um thoughtful people running a craft room, but also producing beautiful spirits. Their apple brandy or their apple spirit is lovely. It is lovely. Mm-hmm. and it's good in um cider, yes. And he's also working on a coffee liqueur. Yeah. Which, oh, yum, they have it in the tap room. So there's just good humans doing good things. And he's talking about how to create a more diverse world in the spirits industry, how to invite women in, how to invite people of color in. Yep. And just really enjoy talking with him. So I love it. That's our top two in hour two. We've got some great guests from Red Cow. When we get back, we're going to talk with Ian Lothar and also Ryan from Indeed Brewing on their sour beer collaboration when we come back on The Weekly Dish. Back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph Merch. And we are here talking about, as Stephanie called it, uh, the collaboration. Of a new beer with Ryan from Indeed Brewing and Ian Lothar from Red Cow, Red Rabbit, and you guys collaborated.
1: Yeah, I didn't oh, make that, didn't that, that up. up. Let's <laughs> be clear, that's not my like affectation. That's the actual name of the beer. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I didn't make that up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, right, you made it
3: up. The best part is you guys. She's sitting there thinking she's
1: ripping on me and mocking me. And I'm no, like, no, I'm being funny. I that, <laughs> that is, is hilarious. No, I said right before we went on ones. the You're air. You're the funny one. one. I said I cannot
0: find the press release that says the name of the beer, so I'm just going to ask you. So there you go. There it is. Clearly. I read the press release so we could go and I can't find it. But you guys are working on a collaboration of sour beer.
3: Yeah, so uh about two and a half months ago, Ryan and I and their brewer Adam and a couple others from Indeed sat down just at their wooden soul brewery, like half a block from here, and uh talked about what we're we gonna do for this holiday season and we kind of uh, landed on a sour beer and cranberries because it's you know holidays. Yeah. So
1: the Wooden Soul is so there's Indeed Brewing, which is obviously in Northeast yep. over by um, you know the Solar Arts in the yeah, buildings, great yeah, beer Central by Broadway, the way. But yeah. then there's Wooden Soul, which is part of Indeed, but it's the sour yeah. sort of.
2: Yeah. So it's the barrel Age sour program, which are has to be at a different spot because of kind of bacteria and stuff that you can <laughs> you you have to keep separate from kind of the regular beer. And these are long aged beers, two years, three years in a barrel in a wine barrel. And it's a red-based or golden base or saison based And what we do is we take that and then we added, re-fermented on cranberries for Red Cow specifically. But, yeah, the Wooden Soul program in general is all barrel-aged sour beers.
0: Are you selling those, like, in cans or are they more just collaborations for the brewery and with other...
2: The Wooden Soul program comes in bottles. Yeah. Out, out in okay. liquor stores, yeah. Um, and then it'll be on tap at certain places. Uh, the Cow Lab is just on tap at Red Cow. But in general, Wooden Souls are... Different size
3: bottles. We've yeah, um, wow. been making those for probably yeah, three years. Yeah, two years? it's probably
2: two years
3: now. I did not now. know that you even mm-hmm. had
0: those. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: They've been, when they came out for us as Red Cow, we I think we picked up the first one because we were so excited because uh, they're amazing and, in general, and that's one of the like sort really the main reason we gravitated toward Indeed uh, and this program for uh, when we were when we were talking uh, in house at Red Cow, like we want to make a sour beer, and the, our natural local uh, people to go to was Indeed because they're Indeed. Yeah, there's the not was a lot of
2: um, local breweries doing the long barrel aged sour thing just because it, it takes a long time to get going. Sure. And so, you know, we're five years old and we probably started this program four years ago and are just starting to see more of the fruits of it. Right. Um, literally. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and for this, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> um, can you, Ian, you're the mixologist guy. How would you describe the flavor profile of, a sou- of this sour beer? Because uh. I want people to, like, I think people are afraid to try them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, When you think, when people hear sour, I feel like they hear like Sour Patch Kids or like that kind of like lemon or lime citric that sour puckery yeah. face like yeah. Yeah. almost bitter yeah. sour mm-hmm. and yeah. this isn't this is akin to that but it's not that like you, it's a, you're drinking a smaller glass because it is you know tart and sour um with the cranberries in here it adds a little bit more tartness but almost that kind of like jammy bitterness as well uh, and then there's a little hibiscus to give it a little bit more uh zing so it's instead of it being like you're drinking really really sour lemonade it's more like you're drinking some some more balanced kind of it's like a little tiny. bit sour yeah it's tanniness. definitely tart over sour in my yeah. like if
2: my first instinct of those two words is it's tart like lemonade is or like orange juices or some of these acids that aren't they're not sour they don't like make your jaw clench it um it's just more tart yeah on, like kind of on your tongue um and then the sweetness from the malt and the cranberries and the hibiscus i think balance it out pretty well
0: so when you come into a red cow and you are interested in these beers is there a way to taste them or can you buy like a smaller piece yeah, to so have we, in a flight so have, that you can see absolutely. if you like it? So
3: we have uh, a couple options. We'll do tastes of almost any of our beers. Uh, we'll, we'll do tastes, obviously, of the collaboration we have on right now. But then we also have flight options. So you could buy, a, I think it's $13. You can get four or five ounce beers and you could taste anything. You have... A Russian Imperial Stout and a Sour, or you could have four different sours if you have four different sours on. Yeah. So it's a ton of options in terms of what you can and what format you can taste it in.
0: I think people forget about ordering beer flights, but it's the best way to go. Yeah. Because you yeah. get to taste so much. Definitely
2: yeah. at a place like Red Cow where the options are, you know, you always get different beer. Every time you come in, you're going to see four or five different beers on. To be able to taste all of them,
3: it kind of gives you a nice access point, I think, into craft beer.
0: And you guys have your beer month going. Where... Yeah, so it's
3: 12 beers of Christmas right now. Yeah. Uh, and we launched our on December 1st with, indeed, our 12 beers of Christmas, which every other day we're tapping a different uh, limited and rare beer at all four of the Red Cows. So anything from and our sour beer different here. different
1: ones at different Red Cows, Absolutely. Too. So yeah. every
3: day is a different beer at a different restaurant, yeah. which is, you know, that's just get Lyft around and drive everywhere. It's so. kind of crazy. <laughs> don't, or don't drive everywhere. Yeah, or don't drive, drive everywhere. Right.
1: right,
0: get yeah. driven. <laughs> Red Cow has this cool thing where you go on their website too, and each of the actual beers in real time are listed. Yeah, so, so it's beer if you're a beer com, file, yeah,
3: I highly recommend checking out that. You can see whenever we update. We also update Twitter and Facebook every time we tap a new beer. Uh, the schedule is everywhere uh, right now. It's but it's on our Facebook page the easiest place to look at it. Yeah. So there's what are we on today, the 16th? So there's yeah. another. Four five more beers.
0: Is there a Christmas beer that's on your menu that outside of Ryan's, of course, yeah. phenomenal yeah. indeed sour beer, the Cowlaboration. Is there one that you just were like, wow, this is great?
3: Um, surprisingly, one of my favorites uh, that is gone a couple places was uh, the Sierra Nevada, or Sierra Nevada Barrel-Aged Narwhal, uh, which is their like, it's a Russian Imperial style that has yeah. been barrel-aged, but we've tapped it two places and it's going to be tapped two more places in the next couple of weeks. Um I like Russian Imperial Stouts and those big beers, but that one was, like,
0: real good. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What does a Russian Imperial Stout taste like? Is it a big,
2: big dark beer? It's a big, dark beer. Kind of creamy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. And they put it
3: in bourbon barrels or rum barrels or whiskey barrels. Um... One of the other ones we tapped from uh, Indeed was the their rum king the and rum king. Then they infused it with yeah. uh, espresso and then cold press as well. And those These are were, big
1: black. Those are gone, you know, Yeah, beers. ten and a half <laughs>
3: percent. Yeah, you know, and so they're boozy. so are you boozy.
1: Need, yeah. like, one. It's a, I it's an after the, the rum meal king for my
0: husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Do you we like, it? like rum? Yeah, we did. Nice. Um, I like your beer. Just cool. To be completely honest. Yeah, be honest with me. <laughs> I
1: love your beer. <laughs> Good.
2: Good.
0: The sweet potato beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's gone though. It's uh, it's a big fan at our house. Nice my daughter comes home for Thanksgiving time and that's all she, make sure you have that good indeed beer with the sweet potatoes. Yes. I love yeah. that. <laughs> she comes from Vermont specifically yeah. for that. Awesome. Um, are, are there other uh, exciting things happening in your cocktail world, Mr. Ian Always. Lothar?
3: Uh, we, oh, uh, the third book is out, isn't it? Yeah. It came out on Thursday. Yeah. And so that's what I've spent the last you know month and a half trying to make sure everyone's, up to par and we're, we're they, training. It's great.
0: You guys release a social lubricant cocktail book?
3: Uh, yeah, that's the Red Rabbit book. Our our Red Cow book is called Things to Drink in Public because, yeah. you know, people are bad at doing that sometimes. <laughs> so you got to give that's them true. some advice yes. and make yeah. sure that they're comfortable lead doing, doing it. you got to them give yeah. them the guide. <laughs> uh, so there's everything from all of our wines in there, all of our spirits, and then uh, we we lo- we go seasonal-esque menus every, every uh, four months just to, you know, kind of embrace the season but not get too overwhelmed by it.
0: I think people are surprised at the extent of the wine collection yeah. that you carry up, both Red Rabbit and—
3: I agree. We just were written up in Star Tribune uh, with that exact—with surprising places to drink interesting wine. Um, I just had a conversation with our wine director, Jason Coulson, yesterday, and— His whole intention behind the wine program is to have every wine on the list over-deliver for the price. And so if you're drinking a similar wine or a similar style of wine at a different restaurant for the same price, it should be better at Red Cow. It's served in the highest quality stemware at the correct temperature. We vacuum seal everything every time we pour it so it's as fresh as it possibly can be.
0: Luke and Tracy, the owners, are just crazy about wine themselves. Oh, they're obsessive! It, it's amazing, and it makes them crazy to go have these beautiful wines that aren't served at the right temperature, aren't served in the right yeah. glass. So they really take a lot of care. Yeah,
3: it's a lot. Of, it's it's Luke's vision to be the best place to drink wine in. The Metro, so. Which nice. is funny
0: because you wouldn't <laughs> normally think like, oh, hamburgers. Yeah. But obviously Red Cow is more than hamburgers, but it's
3: a it's a great burger place. So that's what we pride ourselves on and it's what we what we stamp our name on. So, I mean, Red and Cow comes from red wine and, you know, yeah. there's beef on. We eat those cows, the and then we eat the cows.
0: Can you? um I want to. So people are going to be doing. You have the bottomless mimosas that you just debuted today at, at Red, Red Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. That's grapefruit or orange juice, and you can have those bottomlessly.
2: Yeah. Can you <laughs> so uh, recommend,
0: button. as we are moving out and about for the holiday season? I want a new, like, hot cocktail. Like, well, give me something that. I'm warming up, it's after dinner, or I'm with friends and I want something warm and toasty.
3: So first I'm going to give you what we have at Red Rat, or Red Cow, um, and Red Rabbit actually. So at Red Rabbit we have the Drunken Latte which is an awesome, it's espresso and then a bunch of Amaro, so a little bit of bitter liqueur, some whiskey, and then some steamed milk with a coconut milk whipped cream over the top. Mm. Um, oh, that sounds good. It's real good. Okay. Uh, at yeah. Red Cow we have... Um, our hot toddy we just put on, which is an Earl Grey lavender honey syrup with some brandy and then hot water, uh, cinnamon and lemon. So, yeah, you know, that sounds there. good too.
0: That does like, sound like, like, like we'll I might go, go, go there yeah. right after yeah, the yeah, no show. I'm going right. The other day
3: at home, I made you know those abuelita, like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that, so I made some of that and just tossed it like a surprising amount of ruminant.
1: It, it's a hot chocolate that you can, like, these little hot chocolate. It's like
3: spiced hot chocolate, yes. Um and it's a they have those at a Marissa's, uh, like Hispanic grocery store and it was
1: you can buy them at cup foods you guys oh
3: for real like it's in the cu- it's in cup foods <laughs> yeah. And what did My, you put in yours uh, just a, just a silly amount of rum okay what, <laughs> kind, of rum? Time. what <laughs> kind of rum would you use to? <laughs> I used uh some Floricano uh 12 year old so just like uh, kind of uh, is uh, every yeah, that's yeah. like the
1: favorite in town right now actually. really because really? yeah. I've never had it oh, and it's I'm a huge rum it's a
3: uh awesome just molasses based like okay. super clean rum their yeah. age varieties are Alright, yeah, that's put, a good one to pick up. You yeah. put
2: what you think is a normal amount of rum and then twice that.
0: Guys, thank you for being on the show today and talking about your collab- collaboration, Ryan. Nice. <laughs> you can come back anytime. We're big fans of the beer. Awesome. Ian, he knows our doors are
2: always open. Yeah. Uh, we'll thank be you right very back. Much. Yeah, thank you.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for hanging with us this Saturday. If you guys missed any part of our show, remember you can go to the website, I know, and find us at 107. MyTalk1071.com. Right? And word is, we're on the app. We are on the app. Woo! I want to make sure that you understand that we are supposedly... <laughs> and, and I think it'll work. Producer Hope has looked. So yes,
0: you download the MyTalk1071 app and you can listen to all your shows on the go. You can listen on demand. You apparently can get points for listening. And then those points translate to fun prizes,
1: I guess. So oh. that's all pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Pretty, pretty cool. I know. Um. So... Uh. I'm just sort of, I just got a note from someone who said that they kind of. They couldn't hear us with the ball, but Tali Friedman, uh, the conversation about the harassers and stuff yep. and everything else. Um, so I think that's that's something that I think um, they're asking if we could pick it up again. But I do think that's something that we could, I, I would like to kind of talk a little bit. I got a lot of comments, too, about talking about April Bloomfield and everything else. I think that's something that I would like to bring someone in from the restaurant industry and talk a little bit about this. Yeah, like in more. that's a great idea. So I think in the new year, we can frame up. Uh, some really great conversations around that.
0: Yeah, because we were just talking that Morgan Spurlock, the guy who wrote the documentary Super Size Me,
1: yeah,
0: uh, and the book Super Size Me, and then made a documentary out of it. He wrote a really interesting op-ed, basically saying, "Well, uh,
1: he came out and said he's in. He has been charged. He has been. He's a- been accused of rape. Yeah, he was
0: not charged, but no. he's been accused. Yep. He has groped. He has cheated on every girlfriend and every yeah. uh, wife he's ever had. He drinks too much." And he was sexually assaulted from the time he was uh, 12 on through most of his teen years. And just talked about his strange relationship with power and sex. And it was just really heart. It was very heart wrenching, very honest, very uncomfortable. It was just a really, really wild piece to read.
1: And, you know, because especially because it's like nobody he was trying to get out. He said he's been sitting here waiting for someone to come after him like he's been sitting there yeah thinking, he's waiting to get out it's going to be my turn like someone's going to come after me and I thought that was so interesting
0: and he got kicked out of his production company once he wrote the iPad. I don't know if you followed up yeah, on that
1: he did I don't know if he got kicked out or if he, he decided to leave like yeah, one of those things know. where he just sort of and I mean that's the thing is like he obviously has a lot to work through but to come forward publicly and say and it's so hard I think this whole idea of it's it's a public thing you know what I mean it's a weird idea that because you're in the public it has to be Born out publicly. Can
0: I? Th- th- we didn't really plan on talking about this, but I we're know, going to talk sorry. about it a little no, bit. We're
1: back into it. Here's a
0: question, and hope you can weigh in on this too if you want to. I keep waiting for w- allegations against women because let's face it, there are women that are harassers, there are women that are inappropriate. And I keep waiting for sort of that to happen or for there to be this balance, but it's eerily silent. Well, really silent. Uh, I
1: think it's coming. I I mean I think, you know, I think but I mean obviously the majority of harassers are men. I mean like that's Is that just the facts? I, I believe
3: there was one political woman
1: that just got in trouble or someone in politics or something. Okay. I'm not familiar, but I thought I saw something okay. about a woman getting called out. I don't I don't doubt that it's coming. I mean and, I and then is it because
0: like my brain goes, okay, so is it that women aren't harassers? I tend to believe they're a lot less likely, but that's just anecdotal in my own head. Then it's like, well, do women have less power? Therefore, well, there isn't the match of power and abuse. Yes. Because a lot of this is about power, right? The majority you can of this is about power. lord over your power and use it in a way to increase your sexual advantage.
1: Well, I, I think it's more of, I think it's more about when you get to a certain level of power than you just, like, you sort you of indulge have your everything. wings. Yeah, it's sort of that whole thing. You can do, they let you do whatever they you want when you're a star.
0: Oh, jeez. But...
1: You uh, just I quoted say, Donald Trump. I, I feel like
0: I'm going to barf. Well,
1: because it's gross that way. But I will it say is. that there's also more to the point is this is even more interesting to me is April Bloomfield in all of this. I because feel she, bad about this. She is uh, the partner to someone, a business partner. And I've, I mean, April was in town this year, you guys, and I met her and I've talked to her, and she is a very no nonsense cook. I love her cookbook. She's, but I mean, she's, this is a woman who is all about like farming and cooking, and she's, you know, Irish, and it's just, this is the way that this goes and it's like she's very I want to say she's not flashy she doesn't buy into all the glitz and glam that's obviously her business partner Ken's bit and she's really about quality food and doing like staying in the lane but unfortunately she runs companies with this man and people came to her people have been saying that she has enabled him because they came to her and she is saying I tried so hard. I didn't didn't know the extent she said, you know, her her line was that she's sorry. She didn't understand the extent to which she will never fail anybody ever again in the industry because she doesn't want. But so then there's this culpability. Right. I mean, but people are calling for her head as well.
0: There's been a few women that have said that Uh, there was another woman that talked about uh, that she failed I guess it was someone, uh, was it Matt Lauer's, someone in the Matt Lauer scandal that worked at NBC that said a couple women had come to her and she failed in her responsibility to bring this forward.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. It's it's interesting. But I do think there are, I do think there are levels of knowledge, you know what I mean? And this is actually addressed by Julia Kramer in that Bon Appetit piece, which is about the fact of like, you know, there's things that we know about people. I could say I know leche chefs. I Sure. In town. But like, I don't have any specific knowledge. No one has come to me and said, this man did this to me, you know, I mean, or I mean, and and if he this is a person who doesn't even have, you know, or something, you know, it's like I it's weird to know where do you go? Like, what are they supposed to? Are they supposed to report it to the press? Are they supposed to report it to if you're in the workplace? Obviously, you're supposed to report it to the heads up. Yeah. And I that doesn't always work for women either.
0: I kind of I have to call myself out, too, because. I'm pretty fast and loose with the words when we're like out and about and I've said something to a chef, one in particular I can think of, where you kind of looked at me because I was like, oh, you're just adorable and you're so cute and I was just like fawning over him and you kind of looked at me like, whoa, and I'll never forget that. I think about that all the time. Really? I do. I do.
1: Because here's the deal. You and I, right here, right now, what we're doing, this is a position of power. That's right. And you can't abuse it. And that's one thing I always want to make sure that, you know, you always call me the expert and you're the eater. And so in a weird way, that gives you excuse to be kind of all over the place. But you are just as powerful on that microphone as I am.
0: Well, and we talk about Chef Adam Eaton from St. Dinette, who I just saw last weekend. And I've called him my chef crush. And I say it in jest because yeah. I certainly don't have any sexual feelings towards the guy and love his just his aesthetic, what he's doing. I'm I'm. I'm a huge fan, but it's made me think that I shouldn't be saying that because it feels kind of creepy now.
1: Well, sometimes you, I mean, there are that you do have to think about those things, I
0: think. And we were just talking about a friend of ours that kind of is a boob forward gal and she's sort of <laughs> big and busty and big personality and touches people and kissy.
1: And it's just making us think about. All of that stuff. Because you don't want them to feel, right. And I mean, I I know that I have a position of power and I don't want to, you know, and I never, I am always very strictly professional because I think I did grow up in the industry and I know how loosey-goosey it can get. And I want to make sure that that is not misconstrued. And so I'm always very conscious of that.
0: I'm going to make a proclamation right here, right now. you ready for it? Okay. I'm not going to say someone's my chef crush anymore. Okay.
1: Because I just don't think it's proper
0: proper in the climate that we're in. Okay. I admire people. Like, I am so enamored with Adam Eaton's talents over at St. Dinette. I just ate there I think last crush weekend. Is, I and, think
1: crush is light enough. And, and it, I mean, I think you can. I'm still how not going to do, do it. How about you can say you're a fangirl for somebody? Yes. Like, that's I'll something. be a fangirl. You can be I like, hey, Chef girl, Adam Eaton, I am the biggest fangirl instead I, of he's yeah. my chef crush. Because I just, when that I say that, him. I'm admiring
0: their talents, I'm admiring their skills, I'm admiring their aesthetic. You can't call people biscuits anymore either, by the way. <laughs> even even Eric Eastman. Oh, no, you can't. He's our friend. And uh, yeah, but that's like that's a good example. I yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, oh, you're such a little
1: biscuit. Are you mm-hmm. going to wear your holiday sweater? What if, you look so cute in your white pants. Like, what, I can't say that stuff. No, what if someone said to you, like, every time you walked into, you know, a professional organization and they were like, you know, oh, my God, your top is so sweet and you have such great, you know, you've got such a great butt in those pants. Well, I've never said that. Okay, you've never said that. But... Someone called you like a little cookie. Would you feel weird about it if yeah. somebody said, "Hey, you're such a cookie"? Yeah. See.
0: Yep. It's I would. Weird.
1: So I'm. I guess I'll in, call you a cookie. I can call you a cookie. <laughs> and in
0: in the just full transparency, you know, I'm not I'm not harassing anybody. I'm not it's touching anybody's junk. But it does make you, in the normal course of your day, think about. It makes you think about this stuff and think about your words and that words have power and, and that's
1: okay. I don't, I, you know, I know a lot of people are think everything's overblown and everyone's too sensitive. There's that side of it too, but I will just say that it's okay to sort of check yourself and have a moment of self reflection. I think that's fine. Yeah, and and the funny thing is, is all of us,
0: us, and this is the collective we normal people that aren't taking advantage of people and aren't groping people. We're all like having these very thoughtful conversations and we're really like looking at our own behavior. My fear is, is that the rapies, they're not like having these thoughts because they're rapey. They're gross. They're harassers. They're totally just taking every ounce of power and abusing it to their own satisfaction in any way they can. Yeah. So it's ironic that the rest of the world is having these very thoughtful, meaningful conversations. And yet the rapies are still going to be the rapies.
1: I'm going to give you one last thing before we go. Um, We have, uh, I don't know if you've ever listened. Do you know about cherry bomb, which is cherry bomb is a magazine of women in the food industry. No, they also have a, a I know about Cherry bomb. No. So <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a bunch, of, and they have a annual conference, and okay. they're very serious about bringing women together. They have a they have a radio show as well on Heritage Radio, and they are, uh, but they they do cherrybomb.com as is their website, and they are having a discussion at two p.m. today to address the issue and talk about it in the industry. How do they move forward as a community? They'll be talking to chef restaurateurs, um, a lot of people, CEOs, and others in the culture, talking about the organization and policies and procedures that put uh that they're putting into place
0: this is our last show for the year but I think we maybe will start afresh in January yeah. we're going to talk about some trends we're going to talk about I I might I might do the whole 30 I haven't decided yet oh.
1: well I know, want Jason Matheson
0: do to do it with me oh really I want a friend to do it with me and my husband won't I'm not doing I just it. I just to clean out not like I'm not even I haven't eaten that bad I've been really good this holiday season I've had my fair share of cookies but you know, not too many.
1: All right. When there we come go. back,
0: we're going to do the moral of the story and events. Welcome back to the weekly dish. We are here on this beautiful Saturday before the holidays. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I am still Stephanie March. <laughs> and we are still the weekly dish. And you know, we're going into, to, okay, when is it like, is it our 11th year next year? I don't know. Like, are we done with the 10th year? I'm not 100% sure.
1: I, I feel like it's possible.
0: Yeah, it's been a
1: long time, it's been enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we had a good time. It's show. an honor to we spend had... a
0: Saturday with people. I just I feel like
1: I do too. That's why I'm a little bit bummed that we are getting the uh We're getting kicked off for the twenty third and the
0: thirtieth. <laughs> because
1: this is important timing. This is food and you know, this is like people need us right now. That's this what is I love. That's what I like to think. Yes. But I do want to tell you that Kiachi is open in Lower Town. Okay, I'm excited about you that. Because Obento ya closed. No, it was Tampopo. No, but oh, Obento,
0: Obento Ya, yeah, the Japanese yes. restaurant in at Dinky Town, yep. closed, and I love that place so much. So I'm kind of looking for that next sort of place like that a little.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Kiachi, they have one in same, in Minneapolis too. Yes, you And I've not, I've, I've been to the far? one
0: for a drink. It is too far. Okay, so Lower Town is Lower Town way more attractive.
1: Perfect. And they are um, open. They're open now, and it is really cute inside, and it's bright and it's friendly, and they have got. Everything from ramen to sushi to, you know, uh, donburi dishes. And, you know, that's what I like donburi. Yes. I like Yeah, the there's totally donburi crispy. and shirashi and yeah. all sorts of good stuff. So that is open up um, in the in the space that's like just, is it south of the market? Kind of between yeah, the market? Yeah, by Black Dog Cafe. Yeah, right next door. Um, also, Venn Brewing opened in South Minneapolis this weekend, another brewery uh, just by Bullshorn, kind of in that little Hiawatha neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So cute. That's getting that's getting to be kind of an interesting spot. Um, Kind of a rough week this week on some closures that we should talk about. Please. Uh, Bottle Rocket in St. Paul has closed. Yep. And so those guys are saying that it just never worked. You know, that had the bar and the restaurant in separate spaces. And I think it just never kind of gelled.
0: Are they going to try to do something else in that space or just move on from that space? That's kind of
1: unclear. I do think that they, I think that they want Bottle Rocket is going to open at the airport as a fast casual. And so I think they're going to kind of look for a space that sort of mimics that. Yep. So I think Bottle Rocket will come back in another iteration. I don't know in that space if that. that's
0: the blue plate group
1: and then tori ramen you guys has had an unfortunate fire yeah and i'm a little i'm a little sad about that obviously
0: it was a small ramen shop in st paul kind of by j j selby next door
1: yes and they are, um, they it's, it's not a total gutting fire. So it's, you know, it's okay. I mean, like, they're coming back from it. But here's a little update. For a limited time, they are going to be offering ramen kits so that we don't waste any of our great product while we are closed. What this means is for you, all of our regular-sized ramen um, <clears throat> will be discounted 50% off Saturday and Sunday night only. So tonight and tomorrow night. Everything will be pre-assembled. All you have to do is cook the noodles. Isn't that a nice idea? Yeah, it is. they have all the food there. They've got the broth. They they don't want to waste it. So you can go and pick up a ramen kit, and then you just bring it home and cook it.
0: Okay, I'm totally doing that. I
1: know you actually... Because all I'm
0: doing is wrapping presents and the Hubbard Christmas party tonight.
1: And they said they're not making a profit on this. We're just breaking even to cover our costs of goods and labor. Thank you, everyone. And you need to call them ahead of time, though. Okay. Okay, so do that. Um, And then, to let you know, uh, up north, Northern Waters Restaurant... Yeah, it's closing. And this but is the smokehouse will stay open. The Northern Water Smokehouse is doing such booming business that they actually decided to focus more on that. And I think having a full service restaurant, which was the first time they'd ever done anything like that, was hard.
0: Yeah, it is hard yeah. to do both. Uh, Northern Water's Fish, the smokehouse up there is just an amazing spot if you haven't had a chance to go. Yeah. Koshan is coming back. Oh, okay. Coming back to Minneapolis. I don't know a- if I care anymore. I got to be honest with you. I don't either. I just think I might not go. There's a VIP. T- if you haven't been.
1: It's fabulous. But
0: it's a porca palooza. You yeah. eat so eat so much. There's punch. It's just it's crazy. If you haven't been, you should go once. Yeah. There's a VIP ticket, which you get in an hour earlier. So you don't have to be fighting as much for the food. And if you can That's afford it, you idea. should do that. That's a great idea. And then the rest of us will be watching on our Twitter feed. I went
1: the other, yeah, I just, I liked it and I was like, oh, this is still fun, but I just sort of feel like, I don't know. I loved it the first year. I liked it the second year and I
0: decided I didn't need to go back. Yeah.
1: But I think it's a good thing to be here. I like that it's here. Um. Also, do you know the there's a there's a Yule market? There's still tons of markets, you guys. Now, Allie Kaplan wrote a post on MSP Mag about the fact that <laughs> when she popped into the market at Tattersall Distilling, there were five thousand people there. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe not all at the same time, but it was packed to the gills. Like yep. this pop up market situation that's happened is completely and utterly—it's like a whole nother business
0: model for these it businesses. Is. Yeah, it
1: is, and there's a, still a ton more to happen. I yep. mean. We have uh, the Yule Market at Uda Pills in Bryn Mawr. That's happening today. Still, they've got mar- They've got thirty vendors, traditional folk dancing, food trucks, outdoor bonfires, all the good things. Um, here's one that's happening on. You can get into the uh, Hewing Hotel's rooftop without having to buy a three hundred dollar room. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which is normally how you get up there. Um, but they're having a rooftop sip and shop with Tattersall Distilling people on um, Tuesday next Tuesday. So okay. you can pop up there and see premium brands like Ascot finlayson and the rest. Yeah. So he's also sh-
0: partnering with target. Did you hear that? Yeah. On some bold North hats and yeah. raising some money for Super wilderness smart. inquiry, which makes me so happy. Yeah. That is the best organization. They get kids and city kids that don't normally have access to the wilderness and bring them out to camp. People with disabilities, they bring them canoeing. Oh, they do so such great. amazing work.
1: So great. Um, also, by the way, it is open streets at holodazzle today. Did you know this? You guys, holodazzle is
0: adorbs. Is it adorbs? It is adorable. The shopping is fun. The free skating is wonderful. The park is lit up. It is so gorgeous. There's giant is it better than is it any different than last year? It's better. It's better every year. And it's, you know, it's winter. So there's yeah. some limitations. But if oh, you're I've looking for it. something fun to do with your family, it's free. Yeah. It is really, the you can get, skates are free. Yeah. The skating is free. If your kid hasn't been on skates before, they've got like the PVC pipes, the chairs. Mm -hmm. It's just a wonderful way to experience the city of Minneapolis. It's incredible.
1: Yeah. And today they have open streets down the new Nicollet Mall. So you have a chance to like walk down the new Nicollet Mall and see what they've done. And there's, you know, different vendors and fun stuff. Whole Foods is there. Doing all sorts of good things. And then um, you wander into Holodazzle. It like feeds right into Holodazzle. And you know, they, I will tell you also, they have a great, they have food tents, they have beer tents, there's a Fulton beer tent, and they have a great Christmas shop there uh, full of German Christmas ornaments.
0: I've been there. I bought them. I love that one. It's wonderful.
1: There it is. You guys have a great holiday season. We're off for a couple weeks,
0: but you can always reach us. You know how to get a hold of us. We're your personal concierge. Have a great holiday season.
1: Happy 2018 coming up.